Hey, welcome back to God's Glory and Men's Real Stories. I am your host, Robert Moore III. I'm excited that you would join us today for another great episode. And if you're new to this community, I want you to know that you matter here and your story matters no matter what chapter you're in. So today, I want you to sit back with a community that cares about you and hopes that you feel God's love as well as see God's glory in men's real stories. So my special guest today is a brother who I'm excited to get to know better. After speaking to him on the phone, I was excited to hear more of his story. He's the lead pastor of the Servant Church here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I want to welcome Selwyn Davis to the episode. How you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm honored to be here. I thank you for having me. Yeah, no, no. I'm 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 always excited when 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 a person uh, accepts my invitation and says, <laughs> "Yes, I would love to come and share a little a piece of me." Yeah. And 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 that's that's exactly what it is. I mean, uh, there there is so many levels of saying, "Okay, well, you can get to know me through the website or through my church, you know." But there there are intimate moments where I recognize that uh, coming here and sharing a, a part of you uh, um, with the other brothers and sisters that listen to this uh, the, to this podcast, it creates a level of, of vulnerability and intimacy to where people get to know you outside of maybe, uh, you know, who, who they get to meet or who they get to see on Sundays. Right. And normally it's it's nothing like truly being able to get to know a person outside of just their message. Right. Right. So um, I'm going to let you start off by just telling my guests a little bit about yourself, who you are. <laughs> Well, my name's Selwyn Davis. I'm here in Charlotte. Uh, I'm pastor of Servant Church. That in itself has been a journey. <laughs> and right. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about, uh, you know, some of those things. But I'm married to Cassandra. We've been happily married for, for 12 years. And uh, we have wonderful children. We have two uh, that are in the home, just uh, Skylar and uh, Izzy. We call him Izzy. His name's Israel. Okay. And then we have Chase, who's not in the home. And then, of course, we have two I call grown-ups Brandy and Sierra that are out one, one in the Navy Brandy's teaching in school and oh very uh, cool but we're, we're, we're a unit you know nice um, so uh, you know I've been in Charlotte since 1999 wow okay and even coming to Charlotte it was uh, it, it was a challenge for me because I, I was running from some things mm. <laughs> but, but didn't realize I was actually running to the thing that God was calling me to. So it's, it's certainly been a, been a journey, Wow! but you know, I'm an open book and I'm, I'm a testament to, uh, to, to not giving up, not through any will of my own, but just through building that relationship with Christ. Right. Uh, Honestly, that's, if I have anything to share, that's what I would share. And what I do share with everyone just about God's goodness, his grace and his mercy. Mm, that's good. And, you know, I, it's, it's funny how you said I love how you started off by saying, you know, you ran from, you know, that calling to come to Charlotte. And, and, and I feel like all of us have callings at times where we hear it and we'll, we'll, we'll like dissect it to say, yeah, but I mean, like he didn't say exactly where <laughs> or there's I mean, he said Charlotte, but there's so many Charlottes in different places. And I mean, we'll, we'll try to reason with God and we we know exactly what he's calling us to do. Yeah. But like, we'll, we'll, ah, but, but God, I mean, look at where I'm at in life right now. Or look at what's going on. So, I mean, I would love to like, just start, start right there. What, what was it that, that brought you to Charlotte and, and, and what was your journey leading up to that? Well, you know, what, what brought me to Charlotte is, and that's the crazy thing. I was running from a relationship, not realizing that I was running to a relationship. Mm. You know, I was running from a relationship 
uh, probably one that I shouldn't have been involved in. Ah. Um, and uh, it, it just it, it just changed so many things for me consequently. And I tell gentlemen all the time, you get in some of these relationships and they become so controlling, they control your life. Mm. So as a result of this relationship, I lost a job, I lost family members and some other things. And it was, it was actually toxic, you know. And because of that toxicity, I decided to run, start something anew. Ah. And, and in doing that, I actually ran into the thing that God had for me to do all along. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That, that, and, and, and it, it's, it's, you're right. Because I feel like when we fall short and when we make mistakes, our first notion is to run yeah. or to just kind of like, all right, well, you know, this, this looks pretty damaged. Yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and excuse myself from this situation now. And, and it, it may, whether it be something that we've always witnessed, because I was talking to a brother recently that said, you know, a lot of what we do, it's something that we've seen. Mm -hmm. It's something that's normal to us. So when it when it doesn't look like it's working here, well, you know, I've always witnessed that my parents or, or my father or my mother just kind of said, hey, look, wash my hands of that. We move on to the next situation. I move on to the next person. Yeah. And so it, it can become normal. It can become something that's just like. Well, you know, that's that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, so when you when you said that you, you, you know, you ran from what you were in to where God was leading you. Um, can you share a little bit about your background story of of how you even, you know, uh, became close to God or how he used you in your life before, you know, you even got here to Charlotte? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah, I tell people this all the time interesting part about my upbringing is that I, I grew up in a functional home. You know, I had my mother and father there, mm -hmm. brother and sister. And my mom went to what we call the holiness church. Okay. And, and my father went to the, the popular Baptist church, uh, in the area, St. Mark Baptist. I'll give him a shout out, you know? Okay. <laughs> but so I, I went to the holiness church. We just, I just wanted to be with my, go to church where my mom went. And that's where I had my initial learning in terms of what the Bible means, what what church means, what you know, what all of this means. Mm. So I, I grew up in what we would call a God fearing home. My mother, my father was more of the politician, good man. Of course, he passed away when I was twelve years old. But my mom, the devout Christian, you know, she's she's God has blessed uh, us with having her even now at eighty seven years old. And even at 87 years old, she's never once told me something, to, told me to do something or told me not to do something and then contradict herself by either doing it or not doing it. Mm. She's a woman of her word. She's a woman of integrity. And she's my first teacher. So what I learned, I learned from her. So I grew up in, in this church, New Hope Church in Sumter, South Carolina. And that, that has been a pillar for me, for my walk, for my journey. And so many things happened during this time I didn't understand it then and of course I understand it so much better now right but as we were talking before and even on the phone I felt that growing up in this quote-unquote holiness church that there were there was more focus on the rules mm. opposed to the relationship right and focusing on the rules it's what you can't do what you shouldn't do what you should say what you shouldn't say what you should wear what you shouldn't wear not so much for the men but just kind of growing up in this dogmatic thing it was it was just a bunch of rules right and 
that really didn't allow me as a child to understand what relationship meant. So mm -hmm. church was just, it was more obligatory than anything else. Right. Because if you're in my mom's house, you're going to church. Right, right. right. That's so many of us, though. I mean, yeah. we, 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 it was, it was like, regardless how late you stayed up last night, regardless of how, like, um, uh, uh, what you may have done or what you had planned, right. we're starting this morning off in church. <laughs> right. And, and, and that, that either went great for a lot of us or it just kind of like put this, it, it started to build this little callus on us yeah. where it was like, I don't like this. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, you know, I, I know I'm forced to do things, but this is just not, a, this is not comfortable. I don't feel welcome here or whatever it may be. I mean, right. there, there, there's some people that are like, this was exactly where I wanted to be. Right. I felt loved here. And that's awesome because I feel like that's what it's all about. Right. I, I feel welcomed here. I feel like, like I have grace here mm -hmm. to still be human right. in, a, in a, in a world where I'm going to be imperfect right. and, and, and that's okay. You know, so so go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 please. And, and and growing up in there, it's like anything else. There are things that you fall in love with. There's just things that you're used to, and there are other things you say. You know what? When I'm on my own, they'll never see me again. <laughs> you know, I'm done. And of course, after my father passed, I just went through. And honestly, some things I haven't realized until now. Mm. Some of the things that I went through as a teen as a preteen, as a teen, as a young adult, that stemmed from my father's death. Mm. Because I didn't go to counseling, you know? And even my uncles that were here, they didn't really talk to me about that void in my life and what that meant. So a lot of things I learned from the, the society, the culture that I was in. Mm -hmm. A lot of things I got wrong, a lot of mistakes I made because I'm just kind of testing things out and you know, after the mistakes start to stack up and stack up, you just think you, you just think you missed it. Right. It, it, it's over. Yeah. I'll, I'll just, at this point, I'll just take whatever I can get. Right. 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 So, you know, I, go, going into the Marine Corps and, you know, we were kind of laughing and talking about it because I really didn't understand relationship. I thought right. that importance was in religion. So consequently, while I'm in boot camp, I changed religion four times. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah, I'm Catholic this day. I'm Protestant this day. Baptist. This, I'm just everything. You know, whatever the label is, I'm wearing it. I'm getting some new dog tags and right. really trying to find what here I am. Have no idea of what Catholicism is, and I'm wearing rosary beads. Mm. <laughs> now, now I'm just curious. What was it that made you try out, or like, like were you looking for something in each one? You know, I think now that I reflect, self-reflect, I, I think I was, and but then it was because I saw some other Marines. And of course, on Sundays we would go to mass or go to, to service uh, on you know on Paris Island and. And I, I see these rosary beads with the cross. I'm like, oh, man, those are cool. <laughs> you know? and so I'm Catholic this day. And then right. you, you go over here and you see something that you like. So I, I was just influenced by my environment right. and really had no understanding. Here's the important thing. No understanding of relationship. Right. Because I'm looking at different religions. Right. I have no idea of what relationship is. Why? Because the church I grew up in. And, you know, the Bible says, you know, the Bible talks about you teaching a child and when he grows he won't depart from it i thank god for allowing me to grow up in the midst of these sainted mothers that that lived what they preached you know mm -hmm. they, they they did it the, the old mothers my my mom uh we we had 
a, a wonderful church with wonderful people. But again, in the eyes of a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, all I see is your rules. Mm-hmm. I have no understanding of what the relationship is. So I'm literally sent out into the world with rules, right? but no understanding of relationship. Right. So I think that's where the initial search came from. Mm. Now I'm in the Marine Corps. I'm in what we call the fleet, and I'm, I'm seeing the world. And I'm seeing the world in all of its splendor, its greatness, its sadness, its ugliness, hints of racism that I grew up in a southern town in South Carolina, and I never saw that level of racism growing up in the country that I saw when I was in the Marine Corps. Wow. And this is in the this is in the early 90s. So now I'm experiencing all of these things and and I see that even in the Marine Corps we're supposed to be this one unit we bleed green, but I see all of these different splinters. I see the disparity. Mm. And now as a young, you know, I'm still a, still a teenager, but now I'm looking for more than anything, I'm looking for fellowship. Right. Back then we called it brotherhood. Yeah. Right? Because that's the one thing I didn't have. Right. And in this world, that's something you need. Right. And I realized that then, and there were some brothers, even in the Marine Corps, that were studying Islam, and and we would go different places on base. Here I am in Okinawa, and I, I see these brothers that are, I mean, there's they, just something to behold, man. They're all, they're all together. If one has, the other has. There was just a brotherhood I, I saw, and I was like... How could you not want to be a part of that? Right, right. Because, I mean, because, like you said, at the end of the day, yeah. we're all seeking community, Absolutely. and the stronger the community, yeah. I mean, like, and, and I love how you speak about that. But like, the same happens even if, if for some of us who have taken the route of college, yeah. and we get to college, and we see the same thing, but it's in the form of fraternities and sororities, <laughs> and that we see this, and we're like. I want to be a part of that. Absolutely. Like I, I like what they, I like what they, you know, we may not understand all the intricacies of right. it, but we, w- w- what we see is that I never had that. I want that brotherhood. I want yeah. that, that, that thing that they have where they get together and they right. dance together and where they go out together and they eat together and it, it's attractive. Right. And so, yeah, no, go ahead. I'll, yeah. And, and so I, I, I wanted to know more and I started Found one brother I befriended and just started asking him. And then he started teaching me Islam. And then I went and there was this entire, they called it the underground (laughs) then. But there was this group of brothers that was just studying Islam. And we were getting papers and different uh, manuals from the states. Because here we are in Okinawa. Mm -hmm. And a few months in, I'm I'm all the way in. I'm submerged. Right. And and I'm studying Islam. And now I'm, you know... uh, doing Islamic prayers and I'm just, I'm learning all I can. And uh, so consequently, I, then I'm shipped to California, Camp Pendleton, which is between San Diego and Los Angeles. Mm. And there's an actual mosque there that I can attend. So I start attending that mosque and then, you know, I'm a part of the Muslim community at that point. Mm. So at about 19 years old, up until I would say, Maybe my early 30s, you know, it was Islam for me. And would you say, I'm curious, would you say that even being in that community, because I understand how important community is. And a lot of times we like to kind of like bash certain communities to say, well, why choose that? But I've learned that that community doesn't always it's not that we always choose community, but community chooses us sometimes based on the attractiveness of it and what we're missing. 
And sometimes we can look back and say, okay, well, due to this or due to the to the lack of 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 um, brotherhood that I had or, or even that bond that I had with my father, I'm now seeking that bond in in in, in the, the company of other brothers that will that will, you know, provide me or give me that. I guess maybe like it'll patch what I never got. Yeah. You, you know what? That, that's. That's exactly what it did for me. And I've seen it do so many for these young brothers coming out of jail. Mm. Because, you know, I, I remember I was in a class once in, you know, an Islamic class and they're teaching uh, hygiene, you know, and they're teaching black men how to shave. You know, there's a certain way we have to shave. Right. Mess our skin up. Right. No one ever taught me that. I mean, my mm. father had passed. I'm sure he would have. No one. There it is. So now wow. I have... These men teaching me how to shave, teaching me how to brush my teeth, teaching me how to do certain things. Um, you know, I, I had I can't forget about Deacon Oxidine in the church I grew up in. He taught me how to tie a tie. But these are the things as young men that we're looking for. Right. Sometimes we don't even know how to ask for them. We don't even know that we need them. But that's where we need people to step in. That's what, that's what brotherhood is about. Right. Because this is how we develop. And I didn't get that from 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 any church. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially when I'm in the Marine Corps, all the things that I tried, I wouldn't get in that there. Right. Um, in other words, I was going hard to be a part of them, but they weren't trying to be a part of me. Mm. Right. Wow. So yeah. now when I get when I find Islam, I find just that I find a true brotherhood. I find brothers that want to make sure I ate. Do you have money? Is there anything you need? Is somebody bothering you? You know, have you studied? People that hold me accountable. Mm. That, that's real brotherhood. Right. You know, and even even as I'm in the nation, we, we have a, a house that all of the, 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 the single men are staying in this house. And, and we're waking up and praying together and we're keeping each other accountable and we're going out in the street to, to spread the message together. That's brotherhood. Right. So for me to be 19 years old in San Diego, California and abstinent, <laughs> mm. You hear what I'm saying? Wow, a marine, right? Because of the accountability, because of, because of the brotherhood, and there's some some things that I did then in terms of my studies that I'm praying I could get back to now because of the diligence, right? Because of the time, the devotion that I placed into studying God's word. So, you know, people can bash all they want to, mm-hmm. but I know what that walk in my that part of my journey. I know exactly what that did for me, right? And it really gave me. Uh, a level of discipline I know that has been so helpful to me now, even to get into God's word and be able to teach as God has, has allowed me to be able to teach. It's because of that initial discipline right? from just studying even, even then. And I tell people all the time, because as a Muslim, I used to study to prove Christianity wrong, Mm. but in studying to prove Christianity wrong, it made my faith stronger. And now I can teach Christianity even in a different way, in a more compelling way. Right. Yeah. Because you, you've been on the other side. Absolutely. You knew what you would say to another Christian that was trying to dis, disprove what, what you believe. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. That's hey, that I've never <laughs> thought about it that way, yeah. but that is so. So then in, in saying that, then why is it that that piece is missing in the communities of brothers in the Christian church, like, why does it feel like 
without certain people being intentional about creating that brotherhood and those those, you know, as I like to call um, um, band of brothers, which I which I have one where we hold each other accountable. But but it wasn't something that you saw and you were like, I want to join this. And I know that's probably a lot to unpack for <laughs> for one podcast episode. Right. But I, I feel like um, that is something that a past hurt or past peace that a lot of us as men are missing, we're still seeking and we're looking for it in different areas and communities where it fulfills a piece that's been that that was never fulfilled in our lives where we wanted somebody to be there we wanted somebody to show up and support we wanted somebody to check on us and and we wanted that not necessarily in a female right. but we wanted that in a man right. and and it is as as much as men try to say well you know I I don't need anybody a lot of times there are so many parts of us that a, that a woman can soothe, but there's certain parts of us that only brotherhood can fulfill. And, and I've learned how important that is. I, that's, that's the whole, you know, it, this, notice that this isn't just God's glory and real stories. This is God's glory and men's real stories, because I realize that community, even if it's through a camera, it's needed. Brothers need to feel heard and seen. They need Absolutely. to sit down and listen to these conversations and even say, hey, look, I, you know, because of that conversation, man, right. I, I may not ever be on the podcast, but I'd love to just connect with you through social media yeah. because I realize how just this community is starting to grow. Yeah. And 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 we, we need that community. We need that accountability. We need Absolutely. to talk about these these things that we're struggling with, because what it does is it showcases a level of. Yeah, no, we're we're not perfect either. Like we we we're going through the same thing you're going through as we strive to be better. Absolutely. As we hold each other accountable. I, I hold a lot of people accountable that I've spoken to on the net on, 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 on the internet that I've met. Never met them a day in my life. But we hold each other accountable. Like, hey, bro, you got this. You're the righteousness of Christ. You got this. And and and, and I, I appreciate when they reach back out and they they keep me updated on things. So not to not to go on my own story. So I want to go ahead. I, I want you to t tell me like how like where. How did it play out? Because I can understand how important that brotherhood was for you at that time. How did that play out to where you you end up, you know, back in, in a space that you grew up in? where it was more rule based. Yeah. And 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 I don't I, and I don't know if it kind of even though it was a brotherhood, I don't know if it felt the same way like these we still have rules here. You mean coming back to the church? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, you know what? I I didn't come back to the rules. Mm. I never went back to the rules. Okay. I came back to the relationship. Mm, that's good. And and, and that and that's the difference. Now, you know again, you talk about some of the things that you that we may see in what we call Christianity today in terms of there not being that accountability or that brotherhood. I think we've made great strides in that. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was coming up, it may not have been so prevalent. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we, we've seen instances where we have people, particularly in the church, that uh, 
who've, you know, rose in leadership, they've risen in, in leadership and, and, and they may have fallen. And, and when you look, when you really look at the core of their issue, it's really because they didn't have accountability in place. Mm. And I think as men, we do a, a better job of that now in terms of holding each other accountable, especially if we want to be held accountable. Right. There it is. Yeah. Here's the thing. And I, and I shared this with you in some earlier talks we had. I'm struggling with something. I'm suffering from something. I have a problem and no one knows about my problem. And guess what? I really want help. I really want to be able to stop doing this thing. But I'm torn because now if I share this thing with you, will you really help me? Or will you take advantage of me based on that vulnerability and use it against me? Right. And that's what so many of us have dealt with. Why? Because this is what's happened. How many times have we been in relationships and we're vulnerable in these relationships and we share some of our most intimate details in this relationship in terms of what we're afraid of, what frightens us, what we're struggling with, and only to have that thing come back up, come back up in an argument. Mm-hmm. And now the thing that you shared in love is being used against you in hatred. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me so many times. So right. what do men do? Shut up. Right. Don't right. say anything. We, I'll, we, just, I'll deal with it. Yeah. And we, and we slowly, what, what we felt was safe at one time. Right slowly becomes a, a mirage. We don't believe in safe spaces. We don't believe in right. safety in, in our vulnerability. Right. So we, we do. We shell up. We, yes. we, we suck it up. We, we <laughs> stuff it down. We do everything yeah. to avoid what's what what we want to talk about. And it's right. not that we... Okay, so I recently realized this. It's not that we don't want to talk about it. Right. It's like you said. We don't trust anybody with no, it. No, not only do we not want to talk about I mean, we want to cry. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? We, because that's we, the we only wanna, way we can process it we, a lot of times. We, we want to let it out. We want to scream. We want to hit something. You yeah. Know? But again, when I show that level of vulnerability, am I going to see this again in a different form mm. now coming against me? Yeah. You know, because this is my release. And this is re- this release is supposed to be cleansing. It's supposed to be restorative. Mm-hmm. I'm going on to a new way of life. But I want to see this again because you're going to use it against me. Right. And I believe this is why so many men are just they, they just as you say, shell up, they clam up because no, I'm not gonna give you that ammunition. Not today. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and I know I've been in those situations. Yeah. 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 And and you know, I I as well. I and that is something I am currently, even in the process of trying to work through because I recognize that sometimes it's not so much that it's definitely that we 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 lose track of even believing that there's safety in it, but we've also never demonstrated it either. Right. And and a lot of times, in order to allow a person to know what what the safety of of me opening up and offering this to you without worrying about it coming back on me, right. it requires us to d- demonstrate that to that person, right. and that. I know you were vulnerable about that. And what you shared with me, it'll never come back as a joke. Right. It'll never come there back when as as a as a, you know, look at you, man. Like yeah. like 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 no, that's a there is a, a safety, there's a level of like even right. when I know I mess up, I can look at you and know that what I share with you, even right. in knowing that this is a problem I have, right. it's you're going to continue to encourage me there and hold go. me accountable and not say 
man, they're, you know, yeah. hey, you know, it is what it is, that's right? It. It's what we, like, no, bro. Like, that's not who you are. Right. So let me encourage you past that. That's and whether, whether that's a, a wife right. or whether that's a brother, it's something that's important to sometimes, if you want it from others, right. you have to give it to others to help them understand what it looks like. Yeah. You have to you have to let them know that I want to offer a safe space to you yeah. in hopes that you can understand that I'm looking for the same safe space from you. You know, it's, it's amazing that you say that. Because 10 years into my marriage, there were things about me my wife still didn't know. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, and guess what? These are things that were affecting our marriage. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know why. Because I love her. Mm-hmm. She's my best friend. But I couldn't trust her with this part of me. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel safe. Right now, she knows everything about me. She probably knows more about me than I know about myself. Right. But there had to be a point in our marriage. There had to be a point in our relationship, in our oneness, that I had to be comfortable in trusting her with. I thought were the most vulnerable things in my life, and it startled her. She was surprised because she. She some things she had an inkling, but she was more surprised that I'm that I'm talking about it. Right. And not only am I am I talking about it, I initiated the conversation. Mm-hmm. Not only did I initiate the conversation, I'm asking her to help me find solutions to these problems. Right. Completely vulnerable, completely surrendered. Right. These are things that I've openly gone to God about, but I've never shared them with the person that's sharing life with me. Right. And this all stems from. The same thing we talked about, how we have, have have grown up in life and things that we've done and how we how things have, have kept us back and things that we just didn't feel comfortable sharing. Because at one time we were comfortable sharing something and we shared it with someone and they came back and made a joke about it. Mm-hmm. They came back and they used it against us. Mm-hmm. So you're right. We need these things. And I applaud churches now. I applaud men's groups. I applaud things like what you're doing here because these are tackling the issue and there are more platforms now where people where men can feel safe about sharing these things and finding help. Here's the greatest thing in all of that. Now with these circles, when you have these issues, not only are they hearing your issues and saying, Oh, I see what you're dealing with. Many of the people in these groups have dealt with it. Yeah. You understand? What I'm saying? Yeah. I've been there. So now there's empathy, right? Not only is there empathy. Well, let me tell you how God helped me with it. Right. So now there's some direction. Right. So I think that's that's one of the greatest things. And and that's the power in, in having that type of brotherhood or that safe space that you can be able to deal with a lot of these issues that we deal with. Right. No. And that's that's you. You hit it on the head because it, it, it is important. It's, it's more important than we we have ever recognized. But a lot of times we don't realize the importance of it yeah. until it, it explodes on us. It explodes within us. It starts, out as, as, as I, I like to say, what happens is, is we try to drown out yeah. that, that inner child who's still having tantrums because of a lot of pieces of it that you've abandoned because you won't talk about it, right. because you suppress your feelings. And now it's having full-scale tantrums yeah. in moments where we might, we might decide, okay, well, I'm just going to go to get a couple drinks. Right. And then we start to act in a manner that's like, this is not me. Yeah. 
but 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 this is all in me though. <laughs> like I feel that way. I just yeah. didn't want it to come out this way, yeah. but it's got to come out. Yeah. And and the best way for it to come out is in the safety of 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 community. Right. Which is why like you said you were so drawn to community because Absolutely. we recognize that community gives us that space right. to be ourselves in the right community. There are some communities that tell you, okay, well, you can only do this. You can only act this way. No, we move this way. No, we don't have feelings. Okay, well, then I'm stuck to move according to the rules of this community. But when you have the safety and the grace to be yourself, your authentic self, like like who are you? Then now you can answer that with the response of, okay, who I really am. I'm just a soft guy who likes to listen to soft music and cry. Is that okay? Yeah. Yes, that's okay. And, and, and can you imagine being in a forum as a man where it's okay to cry? Mm. Where you're not being judged? Mm. When actually you're, you're being con- consoled right. when you cry. When you when you deal with issues that you don't, you don't necessarily feel comfortable talking to your wife about. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, she, she doesn't understand. Right. She's not a man. Right. And, you know, it's, and it's great that we have platforms like that for, for men now. But, but as we grow uh, in spirituality and as we grow in things that God is calling us to do, you know, I think about pastors now. I, I think pastors are some of the most misunderstood people mm. in, in the world. And guess what? The fact that you become a pastor doesn't mean that problems cease. Right. No, there should be a platform, pastors with problems. You know what I mean? Yeah, you might Why? need to start because, that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> because because they deal with, 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 with so many other things. And I know even coming, you know, as being being new to, to, to being a pastor and, and just kind of speaking with other pastors and it's almost like and, and I don't want to be disrespectful, but for some it's almost like it's this facade of what you need to be, of what you no, man, this is where I am. I, I'm still struggling with some stuff. That hadn't mm. stopped. But it's almost like you need to be the picture of this or you need to be this. And, you you know, no, I need to be as transparent as I've always been. I don't need to I don't need to put on a facade. Right. You know, and I need other people who understand what I'm going through. Right. And can possibly give me some direction to help with some of these things. Because guess what? Everyone you see in the pulpit they don't have it together right there's some people struggling with some things and because they feel like they can't share they're battling this thing all by themselves well well see that goes back to i feel like those people that you were talking about earlier about the rules the the ones who follow the rules to a t that that step in to try to be the accountability for those people right and 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 they push them into a space of like okay it's easier to fake the funk (laughs) and to look like you guys want me to be then actually show up how I actually am. And because there's not enough people that, that almost like blanket you from, from, from having even experienced those people and their comments and their, their remarks to blanket you and who you are and who God called you to be, regardless of the mistakes you make. We, we do feel like I'll never make everybody happy. So what do you guys want me to be? You want me to be perfect? All right, I'm going to be as close to perfect because clearly you want a perfect leader. You don't want an imperfect leader who is just like you, who can speak to what you're going through through my own imperfections. So you're right. 
it, 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 it is a hard balance. It is a hard understanding of how you can. But I, I think it, it all ties back into community, like you Absolutely. said. And even a pastor needs his own community, right. the community that says, no, nah, you don't want to read the newspaper today. No. Um, nope. Actually, you don't want to look in the comments of your last. You know what? Don't even worry about that, yeah. because I know who you are. You know who you are. But I don't want you to lose track of who you are based on what others are saying. Right. Right. And. And that's 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 that that once again, like I said, it's a hard battle because we're in a society where it's like, well, what are people saying about right, me? Right. Who am I? I think we were talking about that earlier. Absolutely. Who who am I? Yeah. You and, know. And, and you're dealing with that, and that's one thing, especially as men, that 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 we have to understand. You know, I'm big on emotional intelligence and mm -hmm. just trying to, to to learn the competencies of of emotional intelligence. And and one of the quadrants for emotional intelligence is self awareness. So that that is it's a self assessment, it's self reflection, but but one of the core competencies of, of self awareness is to realize how your behavior affects other behaviors. Mm, there it and, is. You know, I was just telling you. I, I remember times I'd come home, and my family would scatter because I didn't realize that when I came in, my behavior, my attitude, set the tone for the house. So if I come in and, 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 and I'm not pleasant, I'm not staying around that. Right. Especially if they had a great day. Right. And sometimes my wife would have a wonderful day and wouldn't even get to share it with me because I came in miserable. Mm. And so that's why it's so important to learn how our attitudes, how our behaviors, how our mood sets the tone, not only in the house, but Pretty, some other places, even on the job. Right, work. And everywhere. I think that's why self awareness is so important. Yeah. Um, which which goes back to the to the brotherhood because we there, there are things that we uh, have struggled with, there are things that we've dealt with, and we just don't know how to communicate it. I'll be honest with you. I know that God's timing is everything. I know that God sets time, and I know that He has journeys for us all. And I just feel. I feel like I, I ran from the church. I ran from becoming a pastor. And I didn't run because I didn't think I was capable, you know. I ran because I thought that my past disqualified me. Mm. And that has become my life story. Why? Because I feel like for so many men, they're stuck. They're bound, not because of any limits placed on them by others but because of the limits they placed on themselves because they just think that thing they did was so hideous mm. that it that it disqualifies it disqualifies them from moving ahead right that i struggled with that for years yeah if, if there's any one thing that i've struggled with it was that yeah. Yeah. Me. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. Wow. You. Yeah. <laughs> Look. I, I love how sometimes I'm sitting here and all of a sudden I become yeah. a listener and I'm like, <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Me too. And it's like it's like and 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 it that turns into the disqualification turns into I'm not enough. Yeah. And, and, and it just, I mean, it, it constantly, it, it ruminates, it takes up room in your head to where it pushes out all the good thoughts and it constantly wakes you up to like, you'll you'll, you'll never be enough. But guess what? Not only does it turn this into, I'm not enough. It's amazing. You said that I did a sermon called you're more than enough mm. talking about the same thing, but that I'm not enough eventually turns into, I'm not doing it. That I'm not enough turns into no. And this is a no to God. 
Mm. When, when you look at Moses, I think Moses is the perfect. I share the story so much. I think it's the perfect story uh, to fit what I've dealt with and what so many men, I believe, deal with. Why? Because Moses, by God's grace, was spared from genocide. And not only spared from genocide, but he was he was put in a place where he could flourish. So now he's in this palace. He's royalty. Going to the finest schools, learning the art of war, learning different languages, learning politics, learning science. And the Bible doesn't mention any mistakes. I'm sure as a young child, he made mistakes along the way, but right. nothing that would ever keep him bound. So essentially, Moses growing up in the palace of, of, of Pharaoh had a perfect life. He was the golden boy. Right. He was an heir. You know, he, he, he had everything at his fingertips. Right. So he wasn't bound by mistakes. And then he makes one mistake. Mm. In his mind, he makes one mistake. And that mistake is so grave, he runs out into the wilderness where he'd be for 40 years. And that's where many of us are. We make mistakes and nobody is qualifying or disqualifying our mistakes or, or quantifying. No, no one is labeling us. It's us. Wow. And these mistakes send us out somewhere that we're not even supposed to be out in the wilderness because of it being so egregious in our mind. Right. And it's not that God hasn't forgiven us. We haven't forgiven ourselves. There it is. So now you see Moses in this wilderness, and and now God comes to him. And, and look at how God comes. God has to introduce him. Why? Because you don't have a relationship with me. Ah. So now I have to tell you that I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. You know, I'm the God of your fathers. This is why. So God gives Moses his resume. And he says, I'm calling you. There's a thing I have for you to do. And I'm equipping you. I've equipped you to do what I've called you to do. And Moses says, mm. nah, I got some problems, man. Yeah. I got some problems. And God said, no, 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 no. And, and God says, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, you tell them it's me that sent you. Yeah, but how about if they don't listen to me? Right. No, no, no. They'll listen to you. You, you do this. Right. And then he says, I, I stutter, though. I got, a, I got a problem. I got a lot of problems, you know? Right. And God is, and then the Bible says that God was angered at some point. Right. Right? Yeah. Because he's, every time God is saying, no, you're qualified, he's saying, no, I'm not. I got this thing. And just before God, just before the Bible says God was angered, the last thing Moses said was, you know, well, you know, in terms of me being able to do this, I can't really speak well. And God said, your help is already on the way. Right. Going up the mountain now. I, I've sent Aaron. He's yep. already here. So in other words, before God even went to Moses, he had already worked it out on his behalf. I sent your help before I yeah. even came to you. <laughs> and then Moses says after that, get somebody else to do it. And then that's when God was, as old folks, they fit to be tired. And that's when he goes in. On, but, but look at all of Moses had a perfect life, but because of this one mistake, even mm. when God comes to restore him, when God comes to him to give him his life's call, he doesn't accept it because of that one mistake. And I believe that's just how many of us are. 
Yeah. When, when in our mind, we know that we should be doing more than we're doing. We know that, 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 that we've been called to hire, but we're thinking about that one mistake. Yeah. And God is telling Moses, you're more than enough. Not only are you more than enough, I've sent help. And look at the kind of help he sent. He said, when Aaron, the one that I'm sending, when he hears your voice, it's, it's going to be as though he's hearing my voice. He's going to see the God in you. In mm. other words, who I'm sending to you, you don't have to look behind your back. You can be vulnerable. You don't have to, to worry about them using those vulnerabilities to take advantage of you. Right. Ooh, that's good. That's what God is saying to Moses. Mm. Mm. And, and and I say that to men, when you get on that path that God has you on and he sends you help because God will send you your tribe, he's going to send some folk you don't have to worry about. Yeah. You can be vulnerable and you're in a safe place and you can do what God called you. Hey, to. man, you, oh, you gave a whole word. Okay, <laughs> wait a minute, man. Like, do we have enough time to unpack? So wait, so, because you're right. There, there are so many men that are trying to find their Aaron. Yes. Instead of waiting for God to send them their errand. And they're looking at so many different places and they're finding the wrong person sometimes. The people who backstab them. The people who, who hurt them, who steal from them. Yeah. Instead of saying, God, who do you want me to do this journey with? Right. And, and oh, man, that's good. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Man, you hit me with a lot there. Um, okay. Wow. I don't even know where to go back to with that. Um. Because, yeah, no, that, that resonated with me and in, in that I, 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 I say that a lot and that we sometimes look at the community we built around us. Oh, it's our day one. This is, you know, I've been with them. We, we, we grew up on the same streets and all. And we're trying to make those people the people that we want to do life with. We want to I want to go to the top and I'm trying to bring all of y'all with me or even just one of y'all, five of y'all, you know, but but. That's based on our own plans, our own desires, where we're wanting to go. But when you're seeking after God's plan, you have to know that he's going to bring the right people around you. He already knows who who is going to be that person you can be vulnerable to. You know, there's a a passage in the Bible, and I think it's I get Bethesda and Bethsaida mixed up. So theologians don't beat me up. But (laughs) I I think it's Bethsaida where there are these this group of men that bring this blind man to Jesus. Now this blind man has no vision and obviously he has to be led everywhere he goes, mm-hmm. right? And and I think it was Chorazon and Bethsaida uh, uh, or that, that Jesus cursed before, but here they are in this place and it's actually a cursed place because Jesus cursed it, but he's there. And these men have led this blind man to Jesus and then they come and they want Jesus, we want you to touch them. So they're, they're coming to tell Jesus how they want this man to be healed. But here they are. They're bringing this blind man to Jesus. And the first thing Jesus does is he grabs that blind man by the hand and he leads him out of the city. So you see here where the same people that brought him, they brought you to Jesus only so Jesus could get you away from them. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> because that's the first thing he did. He led that man away from the same people that brought him to Jesus. And that's why it's so important to let Jesus lead you because he'll put you in the company you need to be in. Right. Some there, There's some people that have been introduced to the church by certain people they needed to get away from. Oh, yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
and, and I just believe that, and that's just something I've been on lately. I tell my wife all the time because we're obviously we're looking for people to help with the church and looking for people to help with different projects. And I talk to so many other pastors that are that are just dealing with the challenges of growing a church right. in a post pandemic society. And my message is the same to all of them because it's what I'm going through, and it's that God will send you your tribe. God will send you your help, mm-hmm. and we have to rely on God for that. Right, yeah. right. I believe no, that. that's so true. Yeah. That's that's good, man. Listen, we got a word, Jay. <laughs> Woo, we got God. a word. Okay, um, okay. So, so you know, I don't know if we even even unpack this a little bit, and I, sure, I think sure. we got a little bit. So, so there was a time where you, you were talking about how your brotherhood in 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 in, in the Islam community. Mm-hmm how that eventually pushed you back into the church and, and, and not, and I don't want I don't want to, you know, I, I guess in, in the Muslim community, don't kill me if I'm, if I'm, if I'm saying this incorrectly, cause I don't know well enough, but it's a mosque and it's not a church. So yes. when saying that they pushed you back into church, that's fair to say, and that you, you, well, you know what? And I won't even say it's a push. I'll be honest with you, brother Robert. Mm-hmm. I, I never left the church. Oh, I, I, okay. I never left the church. That's why the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go and they won't depart from it. I, I, I never left the church. It was, it was always a part of me. And I can't even quantify it now. For some, some reason, I, I felt as though I was, I was hurt or misled by the church. Mm. And now I'm, I'm introduced to this thing and I see real brotherhood. But the church was still a part of me. Why? My mom's still here, my family. I mean, I grew up in the church. We're still, we're still connected. And yeah, I'm I'm doing this thing, and I'm I'm in Islam, but I, I mean I still went to church, you know. Right. I still had uh, relations with my, with my with my family, and more than anything, it was still in my heart, because even then, um, while I was in while I was in the nation, well, the nation was on was was on the path of of reestablishing or establishing relationships with the church. So that fell right in line ah. with, with what I was doing. Right. I mean, if you've ever heard Minister Farrakhan preach in the 90s, he I think he preached more in the churches than he did yeah. <laughs> anywhere else. No, true. Yeah. So it was it was just about, I believe, then the, the two communities kind of understanding each other because from their premise, from their standpoint, it was, hey, you know what? We There's a common denominator between us. Mm-hmm. And rather than look at these religious differences, let's look at what we're dealing with as a people in this society. Mm-hmm. Let let look at let's look at some of the things that are that are crippling our communities, where you have church and mosques, right? But you also have church mosques and uh, crack houses I mean, and yeah. liquor stores. Yep, yep. And it's affecting all of us. Yeah. So why are we going to continue to be at odds? Right. When we can work together. Right. And it doesn't mean I have to come and stand under your banner. Right. I don't. I may not agree with yeah. your with, with how you do things, right. but I still love you, and I know our love can reach everybody here in this community. <laughs> right. No, I, that's yeah. that's good. I yeah. like that. I like that. So so, I, I wouldn't say that I was pushed back to the church, but when I came back to South Carolina, and when when I actually moved to Charlotte, I just felt the call more strongly and I think I ran more but I wanted to study more I wanted to go to church more I wanted to, to get into seminary and and I just felt I, I just felt it I can't explain it I, I yeah. just felt it and it went until 2007 that I uh, went to this church on West Boulevard and 
went and heard the pastor and I think it was that next Sunday I went and I said, you know what? Uh, first church I ever joined in my life. I joined in 2007. Mm. I grew up in the church but never became a member. Right. So I joined this church in 2007 and I've been serving ever since. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And and I love how you said I've been serving yes, sir. ever since. Because <laughs> yes, sir. It, it's one thing just to be a member and go and get right. fed. Right. But but serving is, 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 is a level that a lot of us don't ever make it to right. because it, it's you know it's it's great to go and be fed and and fed being right. fed is great and 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 seeking after a relationship is great but but God calls us to serve he, he he calls us to 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 not just serve ourselves but serve others Absolutely. the same way he did it and 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 that's in, you can do that in so many different capacities some people say well you know I give my tithes and offering and and, and that's great that's great yeah. but 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 not only your efforts not only the efforts that a lot of churches are using your tithe and offering to reach other people. But there's, I love how sometimes uh, different churches have like these weeks where they, they, they go out and they serve the community in different capacities. And it becomes a thing of like, okay, well I'll wait to that. You know, that week comes around every year, but it's like, yeah. But the thing is, is that once that week's over with, those communities, those 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 organizations are still looking for people to come back and Absolutely. help serve the community, Absolutely. which is why, you know, I, I, I try to make it a part of, a, it's a lifestyle to want to serve others because it, it's, you know, I, I tell people, you're looking for fulfillment. Right. It's in serving. You're looking Absolutely. for a relationship. Yeah. It's in serving. Right. There are so many things that people are looking for yeah. that one way or another, God can connect what you're looking Absolutely. for in serving. I, I, I talked to a brother now who, who I'm really good friends with. And, you know, he, he, he wants he, he's, he's longing for a relationship. He right. wants a he wants a relationship with with somebody who's seeking after God the same way he is. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to sound cliche, but your wife could be at the next serving opportunity that you are kind of like, ah, yeah. I don't know, it's hot out there. And you're right. And, and it is. <laughs> right. It's going to be maybe a little uncomfortable. Yeah. But, but I mean. You're right. That wife may be there. And, and I'll, I'm going to get in trouble. Okay. Go fine. ahead. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. That, that happens a lot here. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you, man, church church it's not a place to come and get a title we have all of these different titles your administrator your elder your pastor your self-appointed bishop or apostle all these mm -hmm. grandiose titles because you want people to serve you mm. Mm. you want people on your team you want to be in charge and many of us have no we don't even have authority in our own homes Somebody's telling us what to do on our jobs. We can't get anybody to listen to us at home. So now we've been, this team has been entrusted to us at the mm. church and we turn this thing into a kingdom. And we want to make people peons to follow us. And yeah, I got you focusing on a relationship, but it's not the one that you should be focusing right. on. Right. I'm not telling you anything I've read. I'm telling you what I've lived. I've seen it. Right. And I've seen, I've seen egos grow. I've seen people, I've seen people morph into what they call, what, what they would deem as a God themselves because of the way they had people serving them. Mm. Yeah. I've seen people that wouldn't even fix their own cup of water. Right. You understand what I'm saying? They're that, waiting that's for so, a cup bearer. That, if you're thirsty, make it, I'll drink out of a water hose. Yeah. Just show me right. what it is. Right. But I, I'm telling you. And, and this is the part, this is the unhealthy, the ugly, the grotesque part of church 
that people are so sick of, they'll throw the entire thing away. So you're absolutely right. If you want to do something to be effective in church today, you'll serve. One of the greatest lessons Jesus ever taught the disciples. Think about this. One of the first sermons that I launched Sunday, the sermon I gave was, will you wash my feet? Here they are traveling, all of their feet dirty, and they get in. And no one even thinks to wash Jesus' feet. And they miss so many opportunities. And I tell people, here are the opportunities they missed. They didn't wash each other's feet. They felt like they may have missed something or they may have been belittling themselves in the eyes of all of these who were just trying to be so close to Jesus. So I'm not even going to run the risk of losing my status by washing somebody else's feet. Mm. And if Jesus is their master, he's their rabbi, they didn't even they didn't even consider washing his feet. But guess what? They didn't even wash their own feet. They came and sat at a dirty table or sat at a table or uh, how, how they sat in the first century or leaned, but they, they were at this table with dirty feet and didn't even wash their own feet. Why? Because now they're in a position where I don't serve, I'm to be served. And no one was willing to wrap the towel around their waist and be the servant to them all. Jesus stood up and he wrapped the towel around their waist and he washed everyone's feet. And then he told them, this is what you're going to have to do. If you're following me, you're going to have to be willing to wash each other's feet. You're going to have to be willing to love. Stop asking about who's going to be the greatest among you. The greatest among you will serve. So for us in 2023, if you want to be the greatest in your church, the greatest in your community, the greatest on your job, the greatest in your home, you'll serve. Mm. You'll serve. That's good. That's good. You know, normally I ask somebody, I, I ask, you know, my guests to leave people with, with a parting message and you That's just, it. you just hit it. Yeah, no, <laughs> you just it. hit it. You took it. You, you, you right ahead of me. Yes, I well, look, I appreciate you coming and, and sharing, man, just sharing so much. You just, you just dropped so much on me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a message. I'm going to have to sit here and unpack this later. This is really good. I, and I appreciate you sharing with my community and just opening up and being vulnerable and just, just us unpacking a lot of of what we what we go through, what yeah. we what we experience in life, the journeys we take, and and more importantly, how sometimes we feel like we're disqualified Absolutely. to even do anything better than what we've already done. You know, yeah, God, if you saw my resume, or, or you 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 wouldn't hire yeah. me. I mean, I can't believe some of these other people even come around me. But no, this is yeah. this is a great message, and I I know it resonated with me. And like I said, I became a listener as I, as I was sitting over here. But right. no, I I appreciate you joining. Um, before you leave, though, yeah. sh- uh, I would love for you to uh, share with my community a little bit about how they can get in touch with you, how they can find you and and Servants <laughs> Church, and 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 more importantly, sure. what you're doing right now in the community. Yeah, well, you know, I, I would love to say this before I get into any of that. Okay. Um, I really want to stress to your audience, to those that are watching, to those that are listening, to those that are you know see it wherever they see it, especially to those those men that are listening. I really want to, because I, I believe this is why I'm here today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to stress uh, being disqualified, you know, what that means. And guess what? All of these mistakes that you've made, no matter how egregious, it could have been large, it could have been small, it could have been 20 years ago, it could have been yesterday, your mistakes do not qualify you from doing what God has called you to do. Don't be stuck by your mistakes. 
Right. Or disqualify you. Or disqualify. Don't think that it's too late. Don't think that you have to go another direction or you have to settle. Right. Because of because of your past, because of a mistake you made. I stress that because I found myself stuck, brother, for years. Mm-hmm. Because of mistakes I've made. And guess what? I own them. They're mine. I made them. Right. But that does not disqualify me. Why? Because God is so good that those same mistakes you made, he will use them Mm -hmm. and get the glory out of them. Yes, he will. You hear what I'm saying? Yes, he will. Your mistakes will become a badge of honor, not because they were so bad, but because you were delivered from them and still look at what you were able to do because of God's grace and mercy. Right. Your mistakes highlight God's grace. Right. They highlight his, his, no, his mercy. No, no. So that's what I want to leave with your audience. Don't be stuck. Don't don't mm. let it keep you bound. Yeah. Repent. Yeah. Forgive. Forgive yourself and do what God called you to do. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yes. That's yeah. good. And that and that's that man. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. So uh you can reach us. <laughs> it's uh <laughs> And I'm not good at any of this. Okay, it's if, cool. If, but if you, you go on give Facebook, we're Servant Church NC. Uh, Instagram, we're Servant Church NC. And mm-hmm. we also, uh, and we're Servant Church Charlotte on YouTube. Okay. Uh, but Facebook and, and our website, it's uh, ServantNC.Church. But if you really want to see what we're doing to be connected to us, it, it, it would be Facebook. Right, 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 right. And, I, and as I said here, I was looking at your shirt and I was like, yeah. turn to your neighbor. I, <laughs> I, you know, like I, I love that because that connects to a lot of people where they're like, I, you hear that every 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 Sunday. Go ahead and turn, turn to, to your, your neighbor. neighbor. <laughs> I love Insane. that. Neighbor. Yes, yes, yes. I love that shirt. I yeah, love that this shirt. Is the, if you know, you know. So we're, we're, we're doing a movement. It's called Speak Life. Uh, I mean, a few other partners. And we're doing something I believe will revolutionize how the Bible is taught, not in any crazy way, but it's simply modernizing the the, the stories, the events in the Bible uh, so that there can be more clarity or just give us an understanding. Mm. Um, so these will be done through short stories that will be on Facebook, YouTube, and, and TikTok. And again, we'll just modernize things that have literally happened in the Bible they're just stories that we can that, that actually resonate with right us today. connect to yeah so as good. a as a part of this community because it, it's it's inspirational it, it's it's meant to uh, to compel us to dive deeper into the Bible more than anything to apply what we learn right. to our lives and I think you'll see that in, in what we do as we uh, as we start to push these videos out but just to be able to associate with the brand to associate with that movement. Uh, we came up with the line, if you know, you know, um, and just we had different shirts, uh, you know, this says turn to your neighbor, but we have some that says, uh, you know, let the church say amen. There's another <laughs> one that says, won't he with a question mark, because, you know, we always say, won't he won't do he, it? Won't he do it? Won't he really? Won't you know? he do it? <laughs> right. <laughs> so we have we have a line of shirts that we just ask people, hey, you know what, support the movement, be a part of the movement, a part of the brand. Um, and that merch can be found on uh, on speaklifemerch.com and, and life is spelled with a y so it's speak l y f e dot com or merch.com nice but, you know hey it's just it, it's another way 
that we can actually be involved in a global community mm -hmm. and we can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it, it happens through a T-shirt. Somebody just coming up to you and <laughs> yeah. being like, yo, I like your shirt. Or like, what's that all about? And and, yeah. and that that literally gives a person an opportunity to be able to spread the word, That's to right. be able to continue to, to, to find those who are lost and, and looking for something, even if it's through a T-shirt. So, right. no, that's good. I like that's that. Right. I like that. That's, that's awesome. That's well, cool. Well, I thank you for your time today. I, I, it was it was awesome. It was a great time. It was a great conversation. I, I love these conversations where I can sit back and just kind of like, just like, whoa, yeah. that's good. Well, I, that. I have to say you, you, you've been an excellent host. No, oh, thank um, you. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Honestly, didn't know what to expect, but just your level of professionalism, uh, your humility, I'm blown away, man. And I see God in your life. So thank I you. I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you. Thank yes. you so much. I thank you for that. Um, well, cool. Well, with that said, guys, I appreciate you guys coming. I appreciate you guys sitting with us today. Um, I'm glad I can continue to bring these great conversations and, and bring this, uh, continue to grow this community into what I know God has called me to grow it into. Even, even if it doesn't always look the way I think it should look, <laughs> it doesn't matter what I think. I, I know that I, I, I continue to ask him, as, as I tell him, he's the producer of this show and, and, and it's his job to to work through me to allow me to understand where he's taking it and, and even who to find to come on. And so um, um, with that said, I, I appreciate you all listening um, and we'll see you on the next episode. All right. You guys be well. <laughs>